Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 84. We're closing in on episode 100, and I'm stoked, and we'll disclose more details when the time comes, but it's going to be great. My guest today, some of you guys don't know who she is. And for those who don't know who she is, she's the founder of Crave. She's a speaker. She's an evangelist. She is also the author of the book, Good Girl, which is amazing. Links are in the description. Go buy it. It's amazing. Let's give it up for my guest today, Victoria Rich. What up? Hello, hello. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be here again. You guys seriously are the best, the best. Mm. They are. I have I have never had so much feedback from any other show or Instagram live or anything that I've ever done. You guys Come are on. the best. Dude. And because of that, again today, 25% off of my book. Woo-hoo. Just use the code Elijah Fire. 25% off goodgirlthebook.com. Go get it for your teenager, your granddaughter, your niece, your friend. Go get it. They will receive freedom and more in Jesus. I promise you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That's very generous. And everybody take a hold of that. Yeah. If you've got any, uh, you got a sister, you got a friend, you got a granddaughter, you've got a niece. Um, it's great. And actually I think guys, even, I mean, I read it. It was great. Um, you know, (laughs) definitely more catered towards women, but there's a lot of good, a lot of good nuggets in there. So yeah. Um, so you have some exciting, exciting news that happened in your life recently. Yes, uh, I do. What happened? I am engaged. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, is, it happened finally. Yeah. For those of you that have read the book, in the first couple pages, I say, Lord, please allow the man that you have for me to enter into my life. So I don't look like a fool writing about all this dating stuff and purity and Mm -hmm. still just out here like there's no one. And um, honestly, that was a huge fear of mine that I would release this book and then no one would ever like me. No one would ever love me. I wouldn't find the man God had for me because I wrote a lot about that, you know, waiting and trusting and believing that it would happen. Um, But God is so good. I'm so thankful that I jumped. I had faith because honestly, just a couple months later, I met my now fiance. It's a miracle. Yeah. Amazing. And it's uh, interesting because I was talking to you before the show that it happened while you're doing ministry, right? Yes. While you were serving the Lord, while you were seeking him. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how that happened. That's the same thing that happened with my, how I met my wife uh, was, yeah, it was like, once you find that point of kind of surrender where you go, okay, I, I probably shouldn't be stressing about this. Lord, I surrender this to you. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, it's in, he just does the sneak attack. He just like, you know, it's just out of nowhere. He does. He really does, guys. For all of you who are single and you're waiting, I know it gets so lonely. It gets discouraging. But trust the Lord. Please just trust the Lord. Do what he has told you to do. For me, it was different. For me, I was running um, after souls, preaching the gospel, releasing this crazy book. Um, And it was all very scary. But at the end of the day, I trusted him. And here I am just living out the true goodness of God for real. And what a testimony, you know, what a testimony, the goodness. So, um, okay, well, let's let's get right into it because you have we kind of have like a nice grab bag of topics that we're going to be discussing, yeah. but you yeah. recently had a pretty uh, interesting experience uh, mm-hmm. involving somebody who was attending your, your dad's church. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just kind of go from there, see where it goes from there, but just tell what happened. Oh my gosh. So uh, my dad was preaching. He's a pastor. Um, he pastors a church in Kentucky called revival house. And it is a house on fire. Uh, we are, passionate about Jesus and the word of God. And he was uh, preaching out of Old Testament, talking about um, a few different topics and just barely hit on um, homosexuality, um, the trans movement. I mean, just barely. Um, I don't even think he 
said it was wrong yet. He was kind of getting there and using some analogies in the Old Testament with what's happening in our time now um, and what we see happening, what we see playing out in culture and in our world and what the enemy is doing. And um, this teenage girl just gets up and runs out desperately. If you hear if you hear loud noises, I'm in Mexico. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it gets pretty loud. There may be a guy riding his bike past the window, screaming, "There's bread for sale." You just never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, I run after this girl because I can tell she, there's something really wrong. And um, her mother's out there in the car with her trying to calm her down. They're both crying. And the girl is having a panic attack, Uh, a really bad one, anxiety, panic. She can't hardly breathe. I'm like, what in the world is going on? You know, I'm about to start rebuking these demons. And come to find out, she was just so terrified that someone didn't agree with how she believes. That was it. She was so scared that someone believed the opposite way than what she believed, which was, you you know, you guys know the the trans movement is being pushed um, down our throats. Hardcore. Um, Yeah. Oh, it's it it is just out in the open on every commercial, every ad, Calvin Klein makeup, um, men with nails and full on makeup and, and drag. Uh, the homosexuality movement is just right in our face, even in our cartoons now. I mean, you guys, this audience, you know what's up. Yes. So this teenage girl, that's all she has ever known. And that is what is being preached to her in, in her high school. Um, she has friends that are bi, best friends that are gay. And she was just so terrified that um, my dad, the pastor, believed something different. But it was really, really cool to be able to, one, begin to rebuke the spirit of fear, rebuke the spirit of perversion um, and identity and confusion and Jezebel, all these things I started to rebuke while she was in the car. Um, and peace came. The anxiety left. And I told her, if, if, if something is giving you this kind of fear and anxiety, it is not from the Lord. Yeah. Jesus is the prince of peace. He's not the prince of confusion. He's not the prince of fear. And something is wrong. We don't even have to talk about every detail about this subject. You can just see that something is terribly wrong from how this makes you feel right now. Mm -hmm. And um, she agreed. She totally agreed with me. And she bluntly asked me, you know, do you believe it's wrong? Why is it wrong? And she got very defensive, and I was able to pull up the scriptures. I said, well, here it is. Here's Old Testament. Here's New Testament where, um, you know, after Jesus, they're talking about the Lord just giving them over um, to a reprobate mind. They decided they just didn't want to have anything to do with morality and godly ways, and the mm-hmm. Lord just had to give them over to those desires. And so I had all those scriptures for her. Um and I, I, I said in love, this is truth. I'm, I'm telling you this because I love you. And, mm. and I could stand here and say, oh, well, you know, you can believe that. And it's okay. Come back to church with me. But I love you too much to tell you that that's okay. You're going mm. to meet Jesus one day. You are going to meet God. You're going to meet God, okay? <laughs> and um, I don't want to miss this moment. Who yeah. am I? to miss this moment i'm not a true follower of jesus if i miss this moment with you it's very special so don't bash people over the head with judgment um, because i also took the opportunity to say this is how jesus feels about um looking at at someone and lusting he said if, if you look upon someone You've committed, and with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Okay, so he kind of just put us all on the same playing field when Mm -hmm. he said that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because all of us have looked at someone with lust. Okay, we're humans. It happens. We're sexual beings. It happens. Um, So really, Jesus was saying, look, 
we're all on the same playing field here. You need me. You need a savior. You need my grace. You need me to die so I can cover these things. And I got to explain that as well. But I said, just like that is wrong, this is wrong. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. Love is not love. God is love. God is love. He is the definition of love. Love is love doesn't even make sense. No. So that, that was just a really cool encounter. You may have someone in your family. Actually, I'm just hearing from the Lord right now. Uh, someone has someone in their family and you just don't know how to approach this. You don't know what to say. Um, maybe this person even feels awkward around you because they know you're radically following Jesus. Um, I would just encourage you to love them mm-hmm. and the conversation will probably come up and you will be able to share truth with them in love that won't turn them away or uh, put disgust in their mouth about Jesus. You know? Yeah. And I got in the a conversation with somebody. Um, I can't remember who it was recently. We were talking about the whole born this way versus not born this way or, you know, are Anybody in the LGBTQ community, are they born this way or are they not born this way? And I said, regardless of where you stand on that, the Bible says that we are new creations, that we are to be new creations. So regardless, like instead of getting into a debate about with Christians about, well, they could be born this way, they could not. I'm like, regardless, we know what the Bible says. We know how we're supposed to live. It also says that we're new creations. So regardless of how you feel with one side of that issue or not the bottom line is we're supposed to be new creations and the and it, the bible paints a very clear picture of how we're supposed to live especially when you study follow jesus and uh, study study how he lived it paints a very clear picture so yeah that's why jesus said we have to be born again mm-hmm. we are all born into sin so you could say we were born this way, <laughs> like we were born into sin. Every single one of us has something we have to crucify, mm-hmm. something we have to sacrifice, whether it's it's lying or um, it's a spirit of perversion or pornography, yeah. all these things that us humans deal with um, and have to give to Jesus. We're all born into sin. That's why we have to be born again. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm reminded of first Corinthians chapter six. And I love this. I love this verse because it's, um, well, I'll read it first. It says, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And the reality is this. I think for a long time, I think when I was a young Christian, I would highlight, ha, ah, it talks about homosexuality, but it's like, well, I was technically an adulterer because I had issues with lust when I was younger, you exactly. know? So I'm like, and then when you look at it through that eyes, I'm like, Paul literally just painted out everyone. Every one of us falls into one of those categories. Exactly. First um, Corinthians chapter six, everybody, if you want to read that. Um, uh, verse nine. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I think that's an important thing. And it's like, you can't, like when you were, when you were addressing that, that young girl, I think, there's even with like progressive Christianity, there's this whole thing of like, well, I want to be loving and I don't want to be like those people. I don't want to be like the, the picketers that are, you know, uh, saying all kinds of crazy things. So I want to love people. Um, and, and they'll know, um, I don't have to say anything. I'm just going to love people. And, and I totally fell into that trap. Uh, and it's, it's the work. Yeah. It's, it, I know that it's like, ultimately at the end of the day, the Lord had to, he like flipped a mirror on me and he showed me, he's like, you care too much about what people think. And Mm -hmm. that's the root of this. It's Mm -hmm. not that you want to be loving. You do, but you care more about what people think about you. And like that, that was, that was just a little bit convicting. (laughs) Yeah. It's more about us because we're afraid that they won't like us or, They'll say something offensive. Right. Or, yeah, that's more about us. Jesus told us that we would be hated. And I'm telling you, if you post anything about this subject, you will receive hate. Uh, mm-hmm. We're seeing that. The scripture that I was talking about earlier about God giving them over to their lusts and their own hearts to impurity is Romans 1, 24, around those scriptures there. 
it's a really good one in the New Testament about this subject. Mm. Because the root of it was they just decided not to follow God. They decided they wanted to do it their own way. And that's that's what we're seeing in our culture right now. And and, um, in this scripture, it it says God had to give them over to their lust, their, their own hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Um, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. That's exactly what we are seeing in our culture today. Uh-huh. God is love. Love is love. They're exchanging the truth of God for a lie. You can't exchange God. <laughs> um, right. There's only God and darkness, God mm-hmm. and evil, God and Satan. So if you're exchanging the truth of God, the truth of the scripture, then you're exchanging that for Satan's kingdom. That's just yeah. the truth. Yeah. So, and I would imagine being doing the events that you do, you've seen at least a decent exposure to, uh, you know, kids coming to these events, you know, oh, yeah. that are, you know, gripped by homosexuality or whatever. We draw tons of homosexuals, trans um, I don't know if it's just the way we promote. It's very creative, very artistic. Um, uh, it's very open. Um, I think that they feel like they can come to this. It's very, very open. And the invitation is out to everyone. So uh, we do have tons of um, the homosexual community involved in Crave. They come to the parties. Um, I still have a young man from San Diego who follows everything I do. Um, he's still living a life um, in homosexuality, even in trans, but he knows the truth. I've told him the truth and um, I've done what I can, I can do about that. I know that Jesus loves him. He has a grandma praying for him. He told me, <laughs> so uh, he knows the truth and he may watch this episode right now. Um, hey. You know, <laughs> yes. hey, hey Jamal, yeah. we love you so yeah. much. Um, and I'm so thankful that the Lord, I don't say this to brag, but he has anointed me. He's anointed our ministry mm-hmm. to be able to go to this generation, Gen Z, with love, but also with the truth. Like, hey, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Gen Z craves that so bad because most of their parents don't discipline. Most of their parents aren't even in the home. They're being raised by their grandparents or an aunt or an uncle. Um, and they crave that discipline, that truth. Like, really? You love me enough to discipline me right now? You love me enough to tell me the truth? Um, so I encourage you, in love, tell people the truth. I don't mean go on Facebook and start bashing people, okay? <laughs> Please do not do that. That turns yeah. people away. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it does. One-on-one conversation. I'm talking about actual love. Not just, no, I'm talking about, hey, let me love on you right now. Let's, let's actually look at the scripture. Let me show you, take, let me take some time. Not just go at, go at you with a bunch of opinion. Yeah. 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 I think too, um, I think I said this on the last episode, um, uh, on Friday's episode, not our last episode together. Um, and I was talking about engaging people online and i i haven't gotten a whole lot of fruit from from doing that i found like you were saying that one-on-one conversation or at least a couple of people where you can see the whites of people's eyes and you're in person you can people can hear your tone they can sense your sincerity Uh, and if people get mad at that point okay you know but i think even yeah and i think even the whole idea of like that girl at the church service who just the thought of hearing another opinion other than the one that she's kind of saturated her world in, I think mm-hmm. is, um, I, I think there are a lot of, a lot of Christians now we we've had to kind of build an endurance against other opinions other than, uh, other than biblical ones. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it's interesting to see anybody that takes any kind of a stance that leans not towards anything goes the ideology of anything goes. So I think um, there's a, there's an endurance that gets built. 
if you do get uncomfortable, what I'm trying to say is if, if you do get uncomfortable with other opinions other than your own, allow that discomfort. It's almost like a, it's almost like a weight. It's almost like a, you know, like, like, like a lifting weight, you know, the more you, the more you endure, the more you, re, you know, resist and, and deal with being in that tension of something that is counter to what you think. I think that builds up an ability for you to like, not get offended and go, okay, I'm, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. No, it's good. It does. Because I remember when I first started counting, encountering this online, people coming at me with so much hate. Yeah. Um, and I would get so offended. Now it's just like, I know that they don't hate me. They hate God. They may not realize they hate God, but they, they do. They hate his ways. They hate his people because they're just triggered by the most stupid things. And, and this is my opinion. Can I not have an opinion? It doesn't make any sense why you're hating me this way. Mm. Um, so I look at it in that way. Like this is a God problem. Um, and I represent him right now. And I need to do a very good job. I need right. to show the love of Jesus. I need them to go away from this conversation and think, wow, she still loved me after I said all that really horrible stuff to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an opportunity for us to sacrifice for the Lord. I mean, it's it's not much, but it's a little bit of a sacrifice that we can give him. Mm-hmm. And that's right. It's so important to to know the Lord. It's so important to be in communion with him because, and, and to practice hearing his voice in situations. Cause there've been situations where, you know, you go, okay, well, I need to tell people the truth. I need to, I need everybody to know that the thing they're doing is wrong. And so I need to make it known even in this 10 minute or 10 second interaction I have with this person that I disapprove, you know, and that it's not in the, in accordance with the Bible. And that's like really a wrong, a wrong approach. I think that, um, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day um, and it, they knew the areas that they had failed in so much so that they believed that God was punishing them. They believed that God. So me sitting there and saying, this is wrong and that's wrong. And you need to do this. What good would that have done to this guy's life? It would have done absolutely nothing. If anything, it would have pushed him further over the edge, so you know? Good. And so for me, it was just this like complete locked in. Like I see him as a person. I see his value as a person. And, um, man, if you just talk to people, so I find a lot of times that you're going to circle around to those topics. It's going to come up rather than yeah. just going guns a blazing right out <laughs> yeah. and being like, no, this is wrong. And you need to know, cause I need them no. to know. Cause I love them. And I don't need to, <laughs> it's he like, just didn't do that. He didn't no. do guns a blazing. Like he said things in a very wise, I mean, sometimes it was cutthroat things he was saying, mm-hmm. but he was very wise. And sometimes he told stories and parables and those that have ears to hear let them hear he didn't just say if you do this you're going to hell no like we have to follow the example of jesus yeah Yeah. and i think too like the one of the best uh, definitions of love that i've heard it was from one of my old mentors when i was in ywam and it was um love is willing the highest and best for another individual so uh will is uh, love is willing the highest and best for another individual. So that could be in that moment. Like there've been times where I've been in a conversation with somebody and something comes up and I'm going to, I'm, I'm about to get in my flesh and tell them the wrong. And, and the Holy spirit has le- legit been like, shut it, shut your mouth. Don't say what you're about to say. Um, and, and be like, okay, okay. It wasn't the right time, you know, and it was also the wrong way that I was about to go about it. Um, and not being like, not just like being like, okay, well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to love people and never say anything. There are going to be opportunities and we have to, like, if we, if we love people and we want them to know the truth, you're going to have to, like you did with that, that girl, like we have to, um, and yeah. we see that model with Jesus, of course. So if the opportunity is there, of course, mm-hmm. I would never just randomly go up to her and be like, did you know the truth about homosexuality? How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, I would never do that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's so good. I had a mentor kind of say something similar to me. Um, you can't withdraw. How, how was it? You can't withdraw from someone more than you've invested. 
Yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Like going to your bank account and trying to withdraw more money than you have in there. Can't happen. You got to invest love first. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to, or a fence will come and they'll think this is just another person judging me. And that's not yeah. what Jesus wants. Yep. Absolutely. I do talk about this in the book, some homosexuality. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk about uh, many people who uh, are a part of the homosexual community have read this book. People that have struggled with this have gotten freedom. I've, I've talked to them, talked them through some of these issues. So I do touch on this a little, not tons, but a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I want uh, as we progress, you know, with Elijah fire, bringing in more people who've overcome this, that God mm -hmm. has, and we have a, uh, I have a short list of a couple other people, but it's people, it's going to be something we're going to be talking about. Cause this is something that, and if it makes you uncomfortable, we have to talk about it and we have yeah. to learn how to, to navigate this, uh, because the previous way that we've gone about this in the church just hasn't worked. Like, mm -hmm. like a lot of these people know what the Bible says. Um, you know, um, oh, yeah. many of them grew up in the church. I can think of a couple of people I know personally where mm -hmm. this is an issue for them, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. So, okay. We're going to shift gears because the title of this episode is it's like, it's godly dating or pure dating, something like that. I can't remember, yes. <laughs> but it's all about dating and, and especially because you've kind of gone you've kind of passed that era, that, that time of your life now. I mean, you're, I, <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing too, um, with Great myself. Time. Yeah. But, um, but you have a lot of authority in it and obviously you wrote a whole book about kind of your process. So let's just get into this. What, what do you have to say? Right. Get it. Everybody. 20, 20, 25% off, 20%, 25% off, 20% off. 20%. Use the code Elijah fire. It doesn't have to be all caps. Yep. There you go. Oh man, godly dating while living a life running after Jesus. How do we balance those two things? It is not easy. It's very difficult. And I didn't do it well for so many years um, until Roberto is his name, my fiance, until Rob. Um, and I think a big, a big key to being successful in godly dating is dating the right person. Okay. It starts there. I think that's at the top. Um, because if you're trying to date someone that is not following Jesus in the same way that you are, it's just, it, it's not going to work. Um, and I, let me say this as well, because I have a lot of girls say, the kind of the opposite, like they're too religious. Like he doesn't know enough scripture. I'm not going to oh, give him. Come a on chance. now. <laughs> I'm not going to give him a chance. Maybe he doesn't pray enough. He doesn't. Oh. I watched him speak in tongues, and I don't think it was real. Okay, like that. That is not okay. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a little crazy. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my thoughts together, but yeah. that's that's true. Some of my own friends have said that kind of stuff to me, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Um, I met my fiance about three years ago in a city where we were holding a crave event and I invited him and he rededicated his life to Jesus at crave. And we were friends for a couple of years. He couldn't speak English. So our relationship was very shallow <laughs> for a couple of years. And then I invited him to a revival I was having in Mexico around a, just a year ago. And he brought his entire family and they got slammed by the Holy Ghost wow. on the ground just under the power of God, his little brother too, all of them. And I found out at that revival that his parents were pastors, prayer warriors. I didn't know any of these things because we didn't communicate very much. We were just friends. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I started to look at him a little different, like, oh, okay, his, his, his parents love Jesus. He's like under the power of God right now. He's on the ground speaking in tongues, just slain. Um, but he doesn't know scripture like I do. He wasn't raised like I was raised, um, his parents have been pastors for around five years and they got radically saved around five years ago. So 
he doesn't know scripture like I do. Um, and that's okay. Uh, we're both following Jesus um, at a different pace. But I, I would say his heart is maybe more pure than mine. Mm. But I know more more scripture. Maybe he would say I'm more pure than him. I don't know. But he has such a pure heart after God. And that that's what really matters. That's what matters. That is absolutely what matters. That is what the rest matters. of that stuff, it's like you can learn scripture. You know what I mean? But it's like if you don't have that purity and it's like if you're reading the Bible because you think that's what's going to make you more holy. Like, 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 oh, if I store up enough scriptures, then I will, uh, it, it becomes this very formulaic thing, but man, having an honest, true heart, like yeah. that's, that's what matters. The purity, the yeah. purity, the purity. I can't mm -hmm. stress that enough guys throughout dating him for the last six, seven months or so. Um, he has encouraged me more than anyone has ever encouraged me to be pure Wow. Um, there's been moments where we were tempted. It's like, oh, ah. that's normal. <laughs> and he'd be like, normal. No, yeah. I have to protect your purity. Right. He read my book like three times because he had to translate it into Spanish. Oh, wow. <laughs> he would use my own book on me. I'm like, this is hilarious. Oh, that's said, great. No, I have to protect your purity. Yeah. I have to protect you. And there were even times where he told me, like, no, no, we have to separate. We have to stop. Mm -hmm. or, Leave um, the door open, everybody. That's that like a good yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Accountability. Um, that that purity. And there are men out there, there are women out there who want to please God. And mm -hmm. and even if they do make some mistakes, even if you've made some mistakes, um, that's okay as well. I mean, I, I think we can tell those who have a pure heart after God, um, don't get so what's the right word? Just the closed minded. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I think on this platform, they know the kind of person they should be dating. So mm -hmm. I don't have to focus so much on that subject. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be dating someone that has given their life to Jesus. It would be great if they believe in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they believe the way that you believe. Um, but they don't have to be an absolute professor of the scripture does that make sense yep, totally um, you know they they don't have to be just this perfect what what the world would think as a perfect christian because we all know how some of that goes yeah they look perfect and they're addicted to pornography like i was i'll be the first mm -hmm. to tell you i was um and i looked perfect everybody thought i was a little angel. I was leading worship, I was preaching sometimes. I had this issue that nobody knew about. Mm. I write about that in this book as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, I've had issues. I still have issues. We all have issues. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if the person is purely seeking after Jesus, and you can tell, you can tell, um, then, then that you've, you've struck gold. You have found someone that is priceless. And that has, that's how we have been successful these last six, seven years, uh, gosh, months, not years, um, is, is that purity because he has been leading me in purity um, and protecting me. Mm. Um, well, and there's something that I feel like I'm supposed to say because there's some somebody, some someone that needs to hear this, but there's a, a period of time that I went through when I was dating people. I didn't date like a ton, a ton. Um, I was very intentional, but there were people that I, I don't know, I guess court, I guess would be the right word. You know, like you just kind of like hang out, but you don't officially like you're kind of with other people, but you know that you like each other and that kind of stuff. Um, but <clears throat> there was this long laundry list of qualifications that I thought my future wife needed to have. Like she needed to be like, she needed to love Lord of the Rings. She needed to love Star Wars. Oh my gosh. All these other things. All, you know, it, there was all these different things. And I realized I was just sitting there. And I was like stressed out and uh, about it. And and I just felt this peace come over me as I was talking to the Lord about it. And and he showed me, he basically took all of those and just wiped them off the table. And he just like what put one singular thing on the table. And it was, he was like, you want to be understood. And I was like, yeah, yes, that's it. I want to be understood. And, and I think that's an important thing because 
you can find somebody and go Christian, Christian, married, yes, no. Like it, there's so much more that like, like for you, you know, it was like you had had a couple of boyfriends in the past and, you know, maybe you felt understood, but there was like the lack of spiritual aspect there. I don't know. Um, or vice versa, oh, but I just think it's hard. Yeah. And realizing like w- once I surrendered that, once I had that revelation of, okay, I want to be understood. That's the most, that's, that's it. I want somebody to see me, hear me. Um, it, yeah. cause I'm ready to do that for somebody else. Um, cause it swings both ways. Um, and realizing, uh, surrendering that to the Lord and then God just totally like out of nowhere presents me with my wife. And I was like, Whoa, who is this? Surrender, you know, surrender, surrender, surrender yeah. right on. It's same for me. I thought that I was going to have this person. Even I thought it was this person. I thought that they would be this way. God is the only one who knows the heart of a man or a woman. He's the only one. And we really have to surrender our, our ideas of what we think it's even going to be like and let the Lord bring that person because he knows. He knows that you will fit perfectly together for the kingdom of God as well. I, I had dated Christians in the past, but they were threatened that I preached, you know, as a female. They were jealous, jealous of me ministering to men, praying for men. Um, I mean, just crazy stuff. Or they would just try to just hijack the microphone from me and sing worship songs. And, and at the time I thought that was the right thing to do, or maybe they should be doing that. But I can see clearly now that God has brought me the right person who comes alongside of me and champions me and encourages me and is giving me confidence that I didn't even know I could have and to do things that I never even imagined I could do. And I can just see the goodness of God in this. It's, it's blowing my mind, honestly, we're we're brand new in this. And just a weekend, we just had a ministry preaching at youth conferences and Mm -hmm. uh, he was right there beside me, helping me pray. What do you need? got the water he's got my bible he's just covering me with protection making sure we're not seen alone i'm just like who is this man that's amazing that's amazing i can't imagine how good it's gonna be when i'm married i mean Mm -hmm. it's just it's the goodness of god Mm -hmm. guys i waited i waited and it was worth it it was worth it to trust the lord it was worth it to not give my virginity up to five men ten men one man. It was worth mm-hmm. it. Even though I wasn't perfect, it was worth right. it to stay the course, stay focused on Jesus and just always return back to him. And mm-hmm. I remember right before Rob came into my life, I completely, just like you, I completely surrendered. Mm-hmm. And I said, Lord, even if there is no one for me, I will run as fast as I can after your people until the day that I die. And that will be enough. If that is my small sacrifice for you, because it is small compared to what Jesus did for us. If you want me to be alone, if you want me to be unmarried, I will do it for you. I will sacrifice. I will give that to you. And I I just had this moment. I just bawled on the ground. I'm like, I give it to you. Yeah. I, will, I will be the one that stays unmarried and preach the gospel and go to the world. I'll do it, Lord. And probably a month later, that's that's when he showed up. Come on. That's so good. Yeah, it was funny because when I met my wife, I was in this point where I was like, I'd assumed it was going to be 10 years, you know, like 10 years of me just focusing on the Lord. And then I, it was, I don't know, it wasn't that long. I can't remember how long it was, but I remember the Holy Spirit with my wife's name is Lauren. And he's like, what about Lauren? I literally heard the Holy Spirit kind of nudge me. And he was like, what about Lauren? And I was like, (laughs) no, I literally said, no, no, no. I'm supposed to follow you. (laughs) Yeah. It turned out though, that my wife actually, by me not looking, God provide, my wife is like, the most amazing woman and she's mm-hmm. kind and compassionate and wise godly also a nerd and people don't realize oh. that when they see her because she doesn't really look like what she's like a huge nerd 
plays video games, <laughs> all this stuff, you know? So it was like, yes. yeah. So it's it, like, even with me, like surrendering those things and rather, rather than, rather than looking at this huge list of like, you know, I, I, I love you, but you don't, love, you don't love Lord of the Rings as much as me. So it can't happen. You know, it's like, Please rather than being dumb like that, right? Like, um, the Lord loves you enough. Think about yeah. it. The scripture says that he takes care of the little birds. Like you are his son. You are his daughter. He loves you enough. I used to have the fear that, well, what if it's God's person for me, but I'm not attracted to them? Like, uh. <laughs> God loves you. He's the perfect father. He's not going to bring someone into your life that you don't like or you're not attracted to. That's crazy. Yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> so. Things we think are just, you know, when it comes down to, we don't trust God. Mm-hmm. With all those thoughts that we have, we don't really trust him. That's why we date this person. We date this person. And it's all about the looks or it's all about the money or whatever. I don't know why we date bad boys or bad girls. Our lust, all these reasons. Yeah. Or we're impatient. I know some people, they just cannot be alone. Just relationship after relationship after relationship. It comes down to we don't really trust the Lord if we're acting that way. We have to truly trust him and surrender everything to him. I have mm-hmm. girlfriends that are getting pretty old. They still haven't found anyone, but their list, they still got that list. Like yeah. he's got to be six, three, he's got to have abs. He's got, I'm just like, Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Come yeah. on. What if he's six, three and doesn't have abs, but he's got everything else. Yeah. So crazy. yeah. Crazy. Well, I'm really excited to see this process as you walk out engagement and then enter into marriage, I think it's going to be really exciting to see because, you know, the good girl book was a really big part of your ministry in terms of just how, you know, the way you communicated things. And so it's going to be really exciting to see that develop and that grow. Cause I knew that you were working on another book and um, you know, so it's, it's a really, really, it's going to be really cool. And I, what God is doing, this is just like one leg in the, in the journey. This is one thing in the journey. And, and so it's really, really exciting. Really cool. It's so exciting. I'm so thankful that I found someone I could live this out with. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to do was write this, talk about purity and then be impure with whoever I was with. Oh my gosh. That was a huge fear of mine. Yeah. Um, I'm so thankful that I am going to make it. I only have a few more months because we're getting married quick. Nobody okay. Really yet. Right no on. Knows oh, yeah. and I want to add this. I want to add this too. Throughout this relationship with him, the Lord has opened my ears to the prophetic in a wild way. Wow. And it's, it's increasing. I want to tell you a story just yesterday. Um, Sunday. Yeah. Yesterday was the last of four days of ministry in a city called Quetzalcoatlcos. I know I butchered that, but it is a city that has been completely taken over by the cartel. I mean, it is absolutely horrible. It's like a war happened and then they didn't rebuild, but there's Mm. still all of those people that live there. It's right on the ocean. It could be gorgeous but the cartel has just completely stolen everything from these people, their businesses, everything. Uh, anyways, that's where we were ministering and we've been there quite a few times. We're planning a huge Crave party in that city with the government. It's going to be incredible. Go to cravethemovement.com so you can see more about that part of my ministry. Awesome. But my, I saw these visions. This is new to me because I was just hearing words now visions are being added to it for every level of purity um, I get to the more I hear and see God, which makes sense because the scripture says those who have clean hands and a pure heart will see God. Um, and I'm experiencing that in my life. So I want to encourage you guys, um, even if you feel like you're pretty pure, find something 
give it to the Lord, mm -hmm. sacrifice it to the Lord. There are levels of purity, levels. And um, just staying pure with uh, my fiance now, all the things we said no to, I, I think God is honoring that. He's opening my ears. He's opening my eyes. Uh, anyways, I had three visions when I was in Kota a couple days ago. I'll tell you one of those visions. I saw a number nine. And just in my mind, a huge nine, nine years old. And then I saw sexual abuse, something significant at nine years old. The, the first service we were at, the pastor's 18 years old because his father was murdered um, in their home by the cartel. They had a huge church um, and they're, they're dealing with that now. But anyways, uh, so he, he yells as I'm saying this over the mic, I was nine years old when my uh, father was murdered. So I thought, oh, well, maybe that's what I was seeing. Okay, wow, I pray for him. God moves mightily. And and then his mother says, I was nine years old when I said yes to Jesus, yes to being a pastor, giving my life to Jesus. So two nines, I'm like, okay, maybe that's it. And I thought, maybe I just heard wrong from the Lord. Maybe that was my own thinking, the sexual abuse, you know. Um, but over those days, we had this little girl that was just hanging with us all the time. She was just there. I didn't really know who she was, but she was wow. all, you just all show up. Yeah, she was just wow. like you know, looking at the white people, like, well, yeah. the white people, the Americans. Yeah. She was just hanging around. That's kind of normal. So I didn't think much about it. And um, it never crossed my mind that was that the little girl that I saw ever crossed my mind. Yesterday, I ministered at her church which was a tiny little church, um, kind of hidden away, about 25 people in a horrible part of town, very dangerous. And uh, she danced in front of me. They, they have flags, these pretty little Mexican dresses. Uh, she was dancing in front of me all during the worship, never crossed my mind. And I'm ministering. The Lord moved so mightily. The prophetic was insane. I've, I've been hearing names. and I just read off names and the people come to the front. I've never experienced anything like this. But anyway, after the service, the pastor tells my fiance, she's the little girl. She's 10 years old. Last year, she was raped by her mother's boyfriend. They completely just left her uh, once the mother found out this was happening. She just left with her boyfriend, left oh, the little girl all alone. Um, she was the little girl. Uh, I, my mind was blown. I just began to cry. I couldn't oh, believe man. it. She was who the Lord was showing me. But I'm saying all of this to encourage those of you who are in a relationship or you're not. You're dealing with temptation of lust and you know, I know how it is when you don't have anybody, you're still tempted with lust. I want to encourage you to give that to the Lord. Give, give it to the Lord. Sacrifice that to the Lord. There are people who need you to minister to them. There are people that need to see Jesus through you. And if you are so tainted with lust, if your hands are so filthy, how can you be Jesus to that person? If I was still messing with pornography, if I was messing around with my fiance, messing around with my boyfriend, I'm telling you, when I did that stuff, I didn't hear God. Mm. I did not hear God. But as soon as I begin to surrender these things, and I mean surrender them for real, it doesn't mean we're perfect. But when I begin to truly, with a pure heart, surrender them, my ears start to pop open. My eyes start to pop open. I, I'm seeing things about people. I'm ministering to people. I'm seeing the miraculous happen. In Africa, I saw tumors disappear. I saw blind eyes open. I saw deaf ears hear. There's all these things, the things that... We all want to see as Jesus followers. For me, the key has been purity. Purity, purity. Yes, I just got back from Kenya. I forgot to talk about that. But yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We just got back from Kenya. We had an awesome crave event. Thousands of people were there. Miracles. We traveled to around 10 schools, ministered to about 7,000 people 
kids, I think. Wow. Uh, oh, and I'm launching a good girl world ministry in Kenya. The women of Kenya. I'm trying to talk fast because there's so much, Jeff. I'm sorry. Oh, you're, I mean, you're good. I'm. I'm. Am I good? I'm in no rush. You're good. Take okay. take as much time as you need. Check this out. The women in Kenya have only been free for 12 years. They've only had rights for 12 years. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't either until I got there. Um, and I, I realized that rape is a huge problem. It's a huge problem in Mexico. We know it's a huge problem in the States, but this is like magnified by a thousand because the men have had control for so long. When the women try to go to the police, they try to speak up about this issue. Um, sometimes they're killed. They're, they're killed by police. They're killed by the man that raped them. Female activists murdered in their homes. It's, it's a very normal thing that happens. Um, while I was at one of the schools, because at every school we did a purity talk with all the girls, um, which is something they have no idea about. Um, wow. They don't even know how to take care of themselves as a female, feminine products, those oh, types wow. of things. Yeah. It's like gold. You don't you don't get that kind of thing. And so we provided those things, how to talk with them about how to take care of yourself. You can say no to a man. This yeah. is the truth of abortion. This is what Jesus says about about this and about this subject. We just got to pour truth into these girls. But at one of the sessions, a little girl raised her hand, about 14 years old. She wanted to tell her story. So she comes to the front and she says in Swahili, um, you have moved me so much by what you have said. I, I think that I have to tell you my story. She did this in front of around 100 girls. She said, when I was 12, I was home alone. A man broke into my house, hit me over the head, cut my head and raped me. And he left. And she became pregnant. Now, this is what happens in Kenya. If someone is raped and they become pregnant, the family disowns them. It's kind of like Old Testament times is how they live. Wow. If a woman becomes pregnant, they're done. This is shunned. Yeah. You're dead to us. 12 years old, she becomes pregnant from this rape, has to live on the streets of a major, huge city in Nairobi, and has to carry this baby while trying to find food. I mean, you can imagine she's living on the streets with some of the most horrible criminals. And you can imagine how that was more rape and just more abuse. Carrying this baby at 12 years old, she's this tiny little girl. She has to birth the baby on the streets. And I, I asked our partners that were there, I said, is this normal? Like, or is this a very rare case? They said, oh, no, this is normal. If anyone that is underage becomes pregnant or is not married, um, they're on the streets. They have to birth the baby on the streets. They can't get medical help. It's, it's just wild. And I'm just, whew, I was wrecked. My heart, Man. my heart was wrecked, Jeff. I was like, I'm done. Man. I got to do something about this. Um, so it's really cool when I purchased the website for my book in faith, I purchased goodgirlworld.com and I didn't know why. <laughs> and, uh, when I heard this little girl's story, I knew why, and I am going to su start supporting her and her baby. She'll get feminine products. The baby will get baby food. She'll get shoes and school supplies. Um, I want to also pay for her tuition. So she will be the first girl we adopt into the good girl gang. Come on. Yes. But Sweet. people will have the opportunity to adopt these girls into the good girl gang. And it'll be really cool. It's not, we're not going to treat them like they're just a project. They're going to get like cool merch, stickers, and, you know, books. And I just want to, you know, I want to make it cute. I want to make it pink. Like they're part of a gang, a gang of purity. Yeah. Um, and they're being taken care of by a mama in the States or Mexico or wherever. Um, it's going to be a cool thing. But we will take girls like that, the worst cases, and just start adopting them. I don't know what the Lord is going to do, but we will just start there and mm. take care of as many girls as we can take care of. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask, how did this, how did Kenya even become a, 
uh, an option to go to, mm-hmm. to do a Crave event? How did that come about? My grandparents have been supporting um, a pastor named Titus for around 40 years. He's been visiting them. He's a good family friend. I had actually never met him or his children, but I was at my grandma's house for Thanksgiving and uh, the Lord, uh, whew, he just, he actually gave me a vision of this pastor's daughter. She was sleeping upstairs. I'm staying with my grandma uh, when I arrived. That's a long story. But anyways, the Holy Spirit came in my grandma's house. We had a prayer meeting uh, with this African pastor's daughter. And uh, then we just began to talk and dream. And her dad is actually a part of parliament in Kenya. It's a big deal okay. over there. So uh, she has a nonprofit as well. Uh, what they do is they uh, treat infected feet. Um, the feet I think you posted a video Jiggers. of the slang word for. Yeah, you posted a video of this, right? Oof, yeah. It's just gnarly, man. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. I think Americans know that that they may need shoes, they know they need food, but I didn't know if they don't have shoes, the soil has parasites in it because it's close to the equator. It's the type of soil that they live in. That's why these parasites get in their feet and literally begin to eat them, mm. um, yeah. eat their feet all the way up yeah. to their legs and it eventually goes to their heart and they die. We're talking about five-year-old children yeah. Or an 80 year old woman, um, if they don't have shoes, this is what happens. So, our friend Sheila, who we partnered with to do Crave, she has a ministry, a moving clinic that goes to these schools. And we're, we'll also be partnered with her, the Good Girl Gang, Good Girl World. She has, she has the in with the schools. So, just a, a really cool thing. I saw so much in Africa. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, Ooh. I bet. Yeah, yeah. The, the feet, I, I, I remember holding a little girl and they were digging in her feet. There's no pain medicine. There's no numbing cream. They can't afford that. Um, but those children, they line up desperately. They want those worms out of their feet. Yeah. And I was oh, holding man. her as she was just screaming or digging into her feet with this knife. And I'm just like, oh, dear God, I, I wish every American could see this. We have no idea what it is like in other parts of the world. And, and we kind of just sit, you know, in our nice homes and with our TVs and our computers and in a total fog, unaware of what's really happening out there. So it, it was a wake up call for me. My team is forever changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just. Well, and I'm happy that you posted it too. And I think that. I um I think you even put a disclaimer. You said and before anybody gets mad at me for posting this, the pe- that the heads of the ministry actually asked me to do this because they said we need people to see what what happens and They're what these kids are. That yeah, desperate for help. The children want you to post those photos. They want shoes. They want more shoes. Mm-hmm. They want their feet to be healed. They're like, no one here can help me. So can you do something to help me? Yeah, I know that. Uh, people that believe a certain way politically would attack me for that and say that it's racist or say that we're just over there to you, you guys, white know what saviors, blah, blah, blah. Oh. While they sit behind their, you know, with their six, $6 latte and they sit in that subject makes me so mad. I could go on a rant about that for a straight hour because I've actually seen it. I've actually talked to the people. The African people are so incredible, so powerful. They don't even know that all the stuff we deal with exists over here. They have no clue. They are desperately waiting for Americans to show up so that we can help. Well, and the thing that people don't realize is because, you know, I was, everybody knows that I was in missions and, and, uh, you know, I definitely piece of my heart is, is in that, um, that, uh, a lot of these governments are really, really corrupt. And I think that there's this, there's this resignation within a lot of Western countries, especially ones that are very like, got to be politically correct. You no, you don't want to come across as a white savior. No, you don't. We need you to let them do it. I'm like, the problem is a lot of this money that's given 
the, the governments aren't helping their people. They're corrupt yeah. governments. Um, and, and, um, yeah. And so if we don't go, if we don't help a lot of times, nothing's going to be done about it. At least that's the way it is right now. And yeah, obviously pray intercede over these States, you know, uh, go to these States and, and are these, these countries and, and pray for reformation in these countries. Absolutely. But at the same time, we can't forget about the people that need our help. Um, yeah. We are so filled with so much political bull. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very fired up about this because I'm sitting in Mexico. I just returned yeah. from Kenya. So I know yeah. people from other countries very well. I'm engaged mm-hmm. to a Mexican. A lot mm-hmm. of Americans think it's racist to say Mexican. No one in Mexico. That's that. rough. <laughs> it's like, it's like saying American is racist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're proud to be Mexican, just like the African people are proud to be African. They're strong. They're powerful people. Yeah. These aren't just people like you're white and that's ridiculous. Don't colonize us. You know, like they're not, (laughs) they're not, you know, like my, my experience going to, to foreign countries is, is the amount of love. And like, that's the thing too, that even like what America affords people, um, I've, I've talked to so many people in so many countries and one in particular that I will not say on air because I don't want, you know, but, um, <laughs> where they're like, we, we wish we were like America. We wish that we, a lot of these people wish they could even come to America, you oh know? And, and so I think that there's this false sense of, I don't know, man, this is like a whole episode in and of itself. I'm trying not to say too much. Yeah. It is a whole episode. The, the enemy has really blinded our people. We can't see how blessed we are. It is very, very sad. There yeah. are people in these countries that look at us and they say, in God we trust. My future father-in-law, he, want, he wanted a dollar bill because it says, in God we trust. Oh, awesome. He honors that. He's like, oh my gosh, I wish our country would trust in God. And I'm thinking, oh mm-hmm. Lord. I don't know if our country really does trust in God, but, but that's how they, that's how they see it. You know, uh-huh. it's nothing like what we think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I was making like notes to myself as you were in Kenya. I was like, Oh, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. But <laughs> I, I would love to actually spend a little bit more time on an episode, a future episode talking more about it. Uh, because again, like I said, missions is a big, a big thing for me and I want to actually give it it's due yes. of, of more attention. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, and then who knows, maybe some crazy stuff is going to happen tonight. Cause you're doing a ministry thing tonight too, right? A revival thing yeah, tonight. We're having a revival in the park. I can actually see them setting up over there. And I was texting with people do not play loud music. I'm on a show up here. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we're um, we're getting ready to have revival in the park. I believe Jesus will do many miracles. Come um, on, come on, come on! That's what I'm talking about. That's what's up. That's what it's all about, Tori. So yeah. So okay. Well, can you can you pray for the people? We talked about a lot of different stuff. So just pray as you feel led. Oh Lord, I thank you so much for every single person that is watching and will tune in in the future. God, I thank you for Jeff. I thank you for Illumination and this team, God. They are so passionately running after you and the truth of your word, God. I ask that you bless this program. You bless them. You bless this show, God. You bless these viewers. Lord, I know that there are so many viewers that are also running so hard after you, God. And Lord, I just ask that we would surrender all idols, all political idols, all relationship idols, dating idols, lustful idols, perversion. Even if there's someone that's tuned in that you do consider yourself a homosexual. God, I ask that your truth and your spirit would invade their heart, that they would feel love like they have never felt love. God, you are patient and you are kind. Teach us to be patient. Teach us to be kind to those who do not know you, to those who do not agree with us, to those who have a different opinion. God, I thank you that you're teaching your people. You're teaching your army. You're raising up an army of love. Your word says that they will know us by our love. God, I thank you. 
for these incredible people that are going to go out and begin to see miracles in their own personal lives. They're going to begin to lead people to you in a radical way that they never expected. I see it right now, guys. I just pray that anointing for the lost over you right now, the anointing to see miracles and to love on people like you have never loved on them before. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, amen. amen. Okay. Tori, how can people follow you? Because I would imagine you might post something about how tonight goes. That's usually what you do. Yes, I will. So, yeah. So how can people follow you and find out Inst about that? Yes. Instagram is at Victoria Ray Rich. My middle name is Ray, R-A-E, Victoria Ray Rich. Um, you can email me if you want. If you have any questions, Victoria at CraveTheMovement.com. Uh, Good Girl the Book is how you get my book. Good Girl the Book on Instagram also if you want some dating advice. But yeah, please purchase the book 25% off for everyone, not just today. So Elijah Fire, promo code Elijah Fire, all caps, right? Uh, no, just Elijah oh, Fire. There you go. There I think you go. it changes the caps when you type it in. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I'm, all right, cool. Well, Tori, thank you so much. Um, I, I'm always just so stoked, like seeing what you're up to uh, and just the message that, you know, God has kind of had you foster. It's, it's always so encouraging. You're a blessing. Thank you, Jeff. This is my favorite, my favorite oh. show. Oh, oh, you heard it here, everybody. <laughs> so, all right, everybody, uh, be, just have an amazing day. Join us on Wednesday. We've got Jennifer Martin back. She's doing like tons of revival stuff, tent revival stuff, deliverance stuff. So she's going to be talking all about that. So you guys are not going to want to miss that. 2 p.m. Pacific time Wednesday. Peace out. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.